Hello. You're listening to The Stew. Hello. I'm Jason Stewart. Andre Conoparo, say hello. Hello. This is our weekly food podcast that we do, Ari. <laughs> hey. Ari is here. She's um, Ari Sky from yeah. Courage Bagels. Courage Bagels. You're a... Uh, <laughs> You make bagels, you're, but you, you, we were talking before this, you're not a big food person per se, like you're not like a super foodie going out to restaurants all the time, and, or maybe I'm wrong. I go to the restaurant, but I'm learning still. This is a new world to me. The food world or LA? The, the food world. Okay. <laughs> the food world is new to you, your newfound success in the game. You're yes. getting a little action. Yeah. You're even on this food podcast. They're your first food pod, right? Yes. How does it feel? You're like, nervous as hell, aren't you? Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. no I, you're fine. I, I, have a, I have courage with me. You have I've, courage have with courage. you. You did an improv <laughs> class. You psyched yourself up in the mirror before coming over here to Los Feliz. Totally. I'm going to fucking bang this podcast out and go on with my day. Exactly. And yesterday was your birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. You went Thank to you. the beach. Let's talk. Okay, beach. yesterday was maybe one of the coldest days in LA ever. And I, I was wearing a full North Face puffy at dinner. Oh, wow. For those on the East Coast, it was 52 degrees out. So, <laughs> yeah, but it never L- seems like a bit <laughs> of a hyperbole. An LA 50 is like a New York 20. And that's oh, fucking that's facts. That's like, fair. Okay, you know true. that. It's you true. know that. But for those getting hit by like ice storms and nor'easters, mm-hmm. where it's really like negative ten with wind chill, mm-hmm. yesterday there were definitely people in t-shirts. Chilly, uh-huh. cold. Yeah. I've 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 learned that my body does not handle cold at all. Like I'm just, it's just bone. <laughs> There's nothing. I got. I don't know. It's just I get so cold, so cold. <laughs> How do you feel? But that you went inside of the ocean for ten minutes yesterday. It's a birthday tradition. Oh, you tradition. went in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. I just went to the beach. You're, no. ha- you're a team Pisces. Yeah. And y'all need to go in the water every swim. birthday. Wow. I like it. It's refreshing. So you did a ten minute cold blaster. Yeah. Teeth chattering. Took my breath away. Took mm-hmm. your breath away. Mm-hmm. Completely. You didn't have any like anyone there with like a hot cocoa or something t- for you on the way out. I had a, a warm robe waiting. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way to do it. That's My the only way I switch. <laughs> and then you had a nice little juista breakfast. This is a very cute L.A. birthday. It was cute. It was sweet. No partying, though. No. Not a party gal. <laughs> I am not a party gal. Are you from L.A. originally? No. I've been here like seven years. Okay. But originally from Michigan. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, familiar with cold podcast weather. is over. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, but familiar with cold weather, I feel like carb loading could potentially help some of that cold weather. Oh. I feel um, like... I mean, like, if I ate more carbs, I would be warmer? You should eat more bagels. More courage bagels. But no, I mean, look, nobody in the dead of winter in somewhere that gets real cold is sustaining themselves on cold-pressed juice and microgreens to, like, get out there and survive the weather. That's all I have. I know. That's why I was... Hot cup of bone broth. That's why 51 freezes your world over to the point where you stop thinking and open up podcasts with, guys, it was 51 yesterday. (laughs) In my DNA, all the Stuarts are always cold. 
He's from Orange County. Uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. mm -hmm. This podcast is over. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? A little part of me was hoping you would do that. (laughs) And you did? I did it for you. God damn. Way to stick the landing. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about bagels because this is a food podcast. This is a three-hour podcast, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. right. (laughs) So we're going to talk about bagels for like 10 minutes and then... Uh I have like 400 questions from the internet for you specifically about <laughs> like food techniques and like stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> and a few for me too because I'm really excited to hear yeah. about this. I mean, usually Andre, he's on board for like the actual technical good advice that people seek. And mm-hmm. then I say like bad stuff and then you will just chime in with your classic improv. I don't like to think of us having roles, <laughs> but um, I mean, maybe sometimes. I'm but... a Virgo, and I need to compartmentalize things like that. Sure. <laughs> but uh, he likes to riff. Mm. I'm a ri- I'm the riffer. Yeah, I'm the riff boy. Um, so so bag- Courage Bagels is a bagel company that you started what like a year or two ago, or has it been it was, longer? No, no, it was a year in December. No, no, <laughs> no, no, and. And I found out about you from uh, various people who have been on the show. We're like, oh, you got to check it out. It's a cool thing. And you, you make the bagels. You put the bagels in a basket on a very cute bicycle. You ride the bicycle in front of places. People can buy the bagels and enjoy them. Yes. And it's a whole thing. Exactly. But you haven't said yet that it's, they're Montreal-style bagels. But they are Montreal-style. Yes. Just Montreal-inspired. 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 Yes. Oh, okay. So, so explain. We all have had a bagel before, right? But what makes Hopefully. a Montreal-style bagel, other than the hole being a little bit bigger? Right. Technically, bigger hole. Okay. A little crispier. A little crispier. Traditionally made in a wood-fired oven. Uh huh. So they're not boiled. Uh, they are boiled. They yeah. are boiled yeah. and then finished in and, a wood-fired oven. Yeah. Okay. Because we're talking about, not that we're bagel masters, but we were wondering. Talking about it, if it speak was boiled or not. Okay. not <laughs> yeah, you got to boil. I'll speak for him. He's not a bagel master. But um, you were saying traditionally a fire oven because you, I assuming, I'm assuming you don't do fire or do you fire? Well, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I have access to wood fire oven. Oh. But if I don't, you can't really tell. Oh. Mm. <laughs> what? That's bullshit. So I feel like... How it, can you not tell the difference? So it should just be said that it's always wood-fired. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're always wood-fired, Jason. <sighs> That's wild. You, so you, yourself, it tastes the same to you. Yeah, maybe better. Whoa. I feel like now you're just taunting me. <laughs> okay, okay. So sometimes you have a friend who has some fire, and you'll blaze it in there. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so... So you boil it, you, you, it's, it's a little bit crispier, and is that it? It's, it's kind of less poofy and more flat, maybe? Yeah. more yeah, dense? Yeah, yeah. Less poofy. Less poofy. Definitely. Okay. Is it little, sweeter? Little. I'd say traditionally, yes. My, okay. Mine aren't sweet, Yours though. are not sweet. I don't really like sweet things so much, so I kind oh, of... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> took, <laughs> I took I'm actually, thing. I'm not a sweet head either. <laughs> I mean, I can do a sweets, but... Uh, you like eating candy? If you go to Montreal and you get a bagel, it's going to be sweet. But oh, if you okay. try my bagel, it's not going to be as sweet. So, you, I, so, you, so it's truly a hybrid. You've taken what you like about the, the Montreal bagel. And just made, made it, it your own. I like it, yeah. 
And I assume the, the process of making these bagels alone, just toiling away, maybe you have your earbuds in and you're listening to some beach house and then you're just oh. blasting through these bagels. It's like a very meditative process. Yes. He's Touch- projecting, by the way. NPR. You can say no at Touching all. That. Oh, no, it's true. It's it, mm-hmm. meditation. NPR mm-hmm. podcasts. Mm. I'm rolling it out. It's yes. quiet. I'm alone. Mm-hmm. How long does it take? What's from from day from beginning step to parked in front of intelligentsia? What's the what's the time it takes to to make the bagel? Well, the dough is made two days before, and then I usually wake up at like four a.m. Wow! And then I get there at eight thirty or nine. Mm-hmm. How many bagels are you making every week? I can make like a hundred bagels. I mean, in one morning uh-huh. by myself. And you sell out. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. That's fun. You're moving it's, a lot of bag. It's really fun. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so the two days, is is that so the dough can ferment or rise? Yeah, or yeah. I don't know anything about it. And I think what's so cool to me is that, I mean, I think everybody... Regardless of like LA lifestyle and carbs, everybody like really likes bagels or or something like that. But I think it's really rare to find anybody who makes them. I, I don't right. know anybody, and I know a lot of people who really love food that nobody I know makes bagels from scratch. I don't know anyone crazy enough to do something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but it's I insane. Think, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, so I want to know about the dough, why it takes two days, but also I want to know about the first time you made a bagel or how you got the idea or did you learn from your family because it's it's really something I think that seems unique. Um, yeah, totally. I well, the dough d- takes two days just so it can have better flavor, more mm-hmm. complex flavor. Sure. Um, and is and are you yeasting <clears throat> it kind of like like a is there like a sourdough starter kind of thing, or are you just adding active dry yeast? I think right now mostly active dry yeast. Okay. But <clears throat> sometimes sorry. you have a bagel starter. Yeah, I've been messing around with like bialis and. Mm-hmm. Oh, starters cool. and sourdough and uh-huh uh-huh okay stuff like that is this but, something that you did once and your friends were so blown away that it just became kind of a hobby because that yeah. i mean i feel like that's the most natural home cook thing to transition into anything is like you do something your friends like this is incredible mm-hmm. oh my god and then you just kind of tune into it and then you start to get you a little do a chili quiles pop up or just you start to become <laughs> a little obsessed and like now i even though I wasn't. My life goal was to like get obsessed with bagels. Now mm-hmm. I am because right. it's fun and I love it. You didn't it choose the bagel it. life. The bagel life chose you. It totally chose me. Yeah. <laughs> I just woke up one morning and wanted to make bagels. I lost both of my jobs. <laughs> sure. I got fired. Yeah, sure. From one, the other one closed, and then I don't. I kind of Walk had like me the, through the firing uh, process. Why'd you get canned? There, they told me I wasn't bubbly enough. <laughs> What? What? I disagree no. completely. Where was this job? Um, I did photo and marketing for a bikini company. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that checks out. <laughs> um, I did that for like two years. Mm-hmm. Rather awful company. Mm-hmm. Um, got fired. <laughs> Sounds like kind it. Kind of shady way. Mm. So I had this moment of Classic like... Classic LA story. Yes. <laughs> um, just... I don't know. I started to collect unemployment, and then it was kind of like this clear moment, like the first time ever in my life to be like, what do I want to do? Yeah. <laughs> or like really You're think about it. You're able to do whatever it. you want. Right. I just... At least for a few months. 
I wanted to like use my hands and just make something real. I can for listeners at home. Relate. She is moving her hands really quickly as if she was ba- making a lot of stuff with her with her hands and body. Yes, <laughs> I, I know am. that feeling, and there's something, especially if you're coming from a world where you're doing marketing things for like companies that you don't really believe in or care about. Right. You really miss that satisfaction of making something with your hands. Right. Your body. It's feels real. It. You get tired it's at the true, end of the day. But like a good tired. But a good, a satisfying tired. It. You crack a cold one after a hard day's work. Not for you. Maybe cold not. brew. You, you crack a cold kombucha. Brew. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, and, you, and you just started Googling how to make bagels and you started busting it out. Yeah. Well, I started making bread mm-hmm. at first and that's kind of what started it. I was just experimenting with lots of things, making hats and clothes and bread. Mm. And then one day it was like, let's make bagels. And <laughs> the first recipe I found online was for Montreal style. Okay. And I had never heard of Montreal style. I had never had Montreal style. I've never, I've heard of it and I've never had one. Um, but yeah, it just sounded good to me. Montreal I mean, people really say, really uh-huh. believe that their bagels are the best in the world. They do. Yeah. And I like that kind of confidence. That's mm-hmm. usually lacking in Canadian people. <laughs> Fair. True. So, but now you now you have tried a Montreal style bagel since then. I have. I still haven't been to Montreal, but people have sent me bagels. That's like amazing. customers. They're so sweet. They're like, try this. And then obviously you don't eat any of the food because there's, there's going to be poison in it, probably. <laughs> right. I mean, when you receive food gifts, it's always a little fifty-fifty. You know what I mean? I, I trust. You I trust. trust. Maybe too much. You, oh. I would imagine you find on your daily service when you're selling bagels, a lot of people probably just immediately want to talk to you about Canada and Montreal. And they identify, like, I would imagine a lot of people are like, oh, my God, where in Montreal are you from? I miss home so much. You're just like, yeah, uh, that's... I got a, a lot of customers, lady. That's whole thing. Like, <laughs> well, let's catch up after I'm done selling stuff. Just kidding. I'll see you in a minute. Bye. Do you need, like, a security guard or something while you're selling these bagels? Sometimes I do. <laughs> it's, it's tough out here. It is. So, what kind of? Are you, so you're just selling the bagels plain, and then people can kind of take them home and squirt them up with whatever toppings they want, uh, or do you offer a topping as well? I offer cream cheese. You offer a cream cheese. Scallion dill. Scallion dill. Or plain. Okay. Great. Keeping it simple. I like simple. Keeping it savory. Traditional. And it's just a regular Here. Philly cream cheese. No. Oh, <laughs> are you using some fucking cookbook shit or what? Maybe. Oh, Wait, you're not making your own cream cheese, are you? Not anymore. In the beginning, you I, dabbled I, at first. I did, yeah. But how are the results? Not so good. Yeah, I feel like that's one. There's certain it's things so like hard. that where like making it yourself is just never going to be the same as no. like if you try to make your own ketchup, it's never going to be as good as Heinz 57, you know? Right. This somehow becomes something. There's almost every single podcast we do, there's a moment where we, we're reminded about there are some things just better left to the professionals. The professionals yeah. at Philadelphia brand cream <laughs> cheese. Or the professionals at Del Taco. <laughs> so you, you scoffed at the Philly. Do you, yeah. have, do you have beef with Philly? No. The cream, but the cream cheese... But I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to eat that. You're not going to eat that because no. it's like a... It's, there's full of I have standards. And things. I have standards. Yeah, standards. For listeners, less, of doing a chopping, <laughs> karate chopping, less process, really draw a line in the less sand. preservatives. That's what you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to keep it real, fucking botanica ass cream cheese. You know, totally got it. Okay, 
<laughs> do you like a whipped? Or do you like oh, a... I like it whipped. I like it whipped, too. Mm-hmm. Same. Love. We had whipped horseradish yesterday. So good. Mm. Maybe you should squirt a little horseradish in the, in the cream cheese for like a... Just like a one-off weekend. Call it the eye opener. <laughs> also, I have a lot of ideas about cream cheese... A lot of people do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, well, people like you, Jason. Bagels are a, such a very, you know, everyone has a very blank palette. S- strong opinion about how the bagel should be. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or, I mean oh, I know. I'm blank sure canvas. They're, and they're very eager to tell you about it. They are. It's a you know, so like it has to be toasted a certain way. And like mm-hmm. some people like a scoopy, some people mm-hmm. don't. Some people like cream cheese is the worst thing in the world. Some people just a little bit of butter. Butter. The list goes on. Oh, I know. You know. People are aggressive about the bagel. Mm-hmm. Go on. They're just aggressive. The way they want it, the way they like it. They want, they want to fight about it. They want to argue about it. And your, and your bagels are coming out so fresh that they don't even need to be toasted, right? That's right. Hell yeah. Okay, and no what kind toasting. of bagels are you making? Sesame okay. seed, plain? We have plain. Oh, yeah. Love plain. Everything. Mm-hmm. Sea salt sesame. And poppy fennel. Nice. Poppy fennel. <laughs> uh, are you, and you're making your own everything blend yourself or are you using the Trader Joe's shaker? I am not. <laughs> oh, that was, like, that was a question. <laughs> Which is not that bad. In defense of... In a pinch, I'll use a TJ's everything shake. It's a little high sodium, but it's not that bad. <laughs> I mean... You know, not for, for your, not for your bagel. Scowling at us, yeah. The very thought We're getting of real using dirty a pre-made looks. everything blend. So you're making it yourself. You're 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 buying the the garlic from cookbook and drying it yourself on the dehydrator. I assume something like that. You're you're <laughs> harvesting your own sea salt from the Mediterranean. Yes, I am. Maybe you should start selling your everything bagel blend on the side. I've thought about this. The toasted sesame. Oh yeah. <laughs> Makes a big difference. It does. What do you yeah, have to do to get the everything stuff to stick to the bagel? A little egg wash? What's your adhesion? Well, after you boil them, uh, they're ready to be seeded. <laughs> Just a little dusting. <laughs> don't, don't laugh at me like it's a thing that we all know. <laughs> Nobody's ever made a fucking everything bagel ever other than you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you boil it... It's all sticky and ready to get seeded up, you dum-dum. And then you bake it, and then some of those seeds go into the bottom of your wood-fired oven, don't they? And they get stuck they there do. forever. Yes. They burn. Mm-hmm. They burn. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, have other restaurants ever approached you to, to, like, carry your product? Are you expanding? What's, what's new for the, for the Courage? Well, restaurants, yes. Uh, they're sold at a couple of places oh. um okay i'm figuring this out yeah right i'm not in a rush mm-hmm. slow and steady slow and steady you want to keep but the integrity of your product definitely nice and nice and solid because eventually really you're going to get so big that your bagels are just going to start going downhill <laughs> you're going to get really rich okay that's so. not going to happen sell, so, so um, you're gonna sell out to noah noah's going to buy you out <laughs> What's wrong, Andre? No, no, no. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, Andre hates me at this moment. So, 
I think it's pretty amazing anybody who can kind of come in and like do something like from not having a lot of background in baking, do something like a pop-up. And I think it's really impressive. Like, yeah, I mean, just like to suddenly decide one day that you're going to show up and start selling bagels somewhere. I think it's pretty incredible. But it's a year out, right? Yes. Is there like, what would you tell yourself a year ago to do differently? Like, are there lessons you've learned or do you feel like it's been pretty easygoing? Use parchment paper. No. I mean, are handling people or, like, customers' expectations and managing that? Because it's, it's this weird line between a hobby and a business and customer service and artists right. and creating. There's a lot going on, even though, I mean, <clears throat> you know, even at 100 bagels, it's still a lot of work. And it's also a lot of your own personal, um, I would imagine... Time. Time, inclinations, Energy. everything. I mean, I would imagine you show up on that bike the first time and you're like, this is me. I mean, there's part of that in something that's not some manufactured corporate experiment. Right. It must take courage to do that. <laughs> it does take courage. <laughs> You've built your own sort of micro community. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted community. I love the people. There's never been a problem with the people. Good. Looking back, I would have told myself to calm down and like enjoy guess, it, take it easy. Yeah. Like it was not like, be hard on yourself or Definitely. Yeah. I'm a perfectionist in a way uh-huh. and super competitive. Oh. So I get worked up. That is one thing. A lot of tears. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> The competitive thing. Curtis Bagels so, cries a lot. <laughs> so the competitive thing. How would you be competitive in this little endeavor that you've kind of started yourself? I'm your more own like expectations. Competitive with myself. Right. So yeah. your own expectations. So you mentioned perfectionist. So it's I kind just, of expectations of doing extremely well immediately. Right. In something you've never done before. Right. Which is I kind always, of an impossible right. Sisyphus task. Yeah. Yeah. You want to put intelligence out of business, is what you're saying? No. <laughs> Other than your bagels in LA, is there anywhere that makes a decent enough bagel for you to eat? <laughs> um, I'm going to take that as a no. Maybe. I'm going to take possibly. that as a big old no. Before I started making bagels, I hadn't eaten a bagel in like eight years. I wasn't a bagel person. See, that's such a fun story, though. It's like when when you're doing something like, making bagels and you can say it's something one day i started started just selling them but i hadn't had one for like 10 years before that it's kind of like plucking something out of a bag there's like 15 things you could do and one of your friends stuck bagel making at the bottom and you're like well this is me now yeah it's kind of like the universe just tapped you on the head and said you're making bagels now totally whether you like it or not i have like no explanation i have no like background i have no Culture from my family, nothing <laughs> like nothing. But that also makes it so your your own too. When you don't have any kind of, I mean, I guess other influences, it really becomes personal in a way that you've had to figure it out yourself from the like from the get. And yeah. it, the only way it changes, like you said, are your own expectations or your own hopes for what you're doing, as opposed to comparing it to something else. Yeah, I like that. Where, you. What's your stance on smoked salmon? Are yeah. you boxing it up? What about toppings? I love toppings, you're, you're a but caper gal? this is my whole problem. Transportation. I have a bike. Yeah, transportation. You Storage. don't really want to buy fish from a bike, do you? <laughs> I would. 
And like like an Irish fishmonger, like somebody with a, a bell ringing outside in front of a bakery that's got a fresh catch in the morning. I'd rather buy fish from a bike than from Costco. Same. And I buy fish from Costco. No. <laughs> no. No. A soft cry goes out. No. Maybe you can like collaborate with a local fish smoker and they could pull up on their bicycle and meet you at the same time. You can set it all up. How would that work yeah. for the competition? <laughs> the competitive streak. Would that be okay? Works well with others? Is that a question I mark? work well with others. I'm thinking about getting into capers. Usually. Cape. I love capers. So maybe we can collab. Okay. Do you like a fried caper or a regular caper? I've never had a fried caper. Oh, no. <laughs> They're great. They are great. Okay. It's but a crunchy caper. Where do you get this? You just make them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like making bagels. You just do it in the, do it in the kitchen. Yeah, you get a jar of capers, you drain all the all the caper juice out, deep fry them, takes like one minute, and they're done. And then you get a caper crunch. You lose a little bit of the pickleness, but you, what you trade for is texture. It just becomes really salty, because you're cooking out, when you're frying it, you're cooking out so much moisture, it just kind of goes... Whoosh. But real fun. Other than bagels, what else are you cooking? Not a whole lot, are you? <laughs> bagels. I became super hyper-focused on bagels. This makes sense. I mean, like, just at home, though, like, cooking for yourself to survive and live. You don't eat a bagel every day, do you? I don't know. Um, Eggs. (laughs) Which also pair well with bagels. Baked chicken. Delicious. Salad. So you're not a vegetarian or anything like that? I'm not a vegetarian. You're from Michigan, for God's sakes. They don't have them over there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming. Mm. All right, we're going to take some questions from the internet now, unless Andre has some more bagel topics. No, I mean, I just, I think it's so cool to do these kinds of things and get to talk to somebody who has kind of started something culinary on their own, but with such earnestness. Do you, without a lot of expectation, is there, is there some part of you that would like to kind of have something more topping wise or like, yeah, totally in, in a way that like, you know, obviously you want to get the best base product you possibly can make to start with. And that may never end. You'll probably as a self identified perfectionist, it'll continue. Right. But in some way, yeah. Locks something. Is there something in your mind in the future, if it could work out that you'd loved to have as a topping or as a sandwich? Um, yes. I mean, I want all of it. Salmon roe, smoked salmon. Nice. Yeah. Caviar. Salmon roe is a little weird for me. No, it's my favorite food on the planet. Wow. Yes. That might be a a podcast first. Salmon roe. Good for you. Yeah. (laughs) I could never name my favorite anything. So at sushi, you're getting a lot of salmon roe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sushi again. Yeah. Sushi Sushi again. Love sushi again been mentioned many times um yeah for some like i love salmon i love eggs i love caviar but like those those salmon eggs that just pop in my mouth and it's such a salty strong flavor that it just blasts me too much it's too strong for me too really yeah it's a little bit much but i'm also like on the fishy sea profile i'm a little bit under, I'm not as adventurous as, mm-hmm. as some. And also, uh, when I was a little tame when it comes to fishy taste. Yeah. When I was a kid, I would go fishing a lot, and I'd use those as bait. Yes. So really? It, yeah. Oh yeah. Like they oh. they use those little eggs as as bait. You put one on your hook, and then I feel like that's the first thing you get in Boy Scouts, like 
Yeah. The first time you ever fish as a kid, my first memory, too, is that little tiny jar of salmon roe, and you stick it on, and it never works. What about the worm? <laughs> never used a worm. I mean, I'd rather spear some salmon roe than see, like, a worm wriggling, slowly dying, impaled on my hook as a child. Yeah, I, I, I definitely used Fair a enough. worm as bait before, but, yeah, it was so sad just literally murdering a worm <laughs> on your hook. Yeah. Just so it doesn't fall off. Which is weird, because I listen to a lot of metal, and you think that somehow... I've just never been... That you'd yeah. be into murder. But I'm not into murder. And when I go fishing, you use, like, the little baits, the little fish as bait. Like, you yeah. just get, like, the little, like, two-incher guy that's all swiggling around, and you grab him, and you just put a hook, like, through his mouth, and then you throw it in the ocean... <laughs> And then, this is now a murder podcast. And then the it's a fish, fish murder just, like, podcast. Just dies over like three minutes, and and then another fish like nibbles at him a little bit, and then that's it. It's fucked up. It's a little messed mm, up. It's all, mm. I'm never going fishing again. That's not true. We're gonna go fishing soon. True. I hope. I love to fish, but I'm only gonna yeah, go fly from deep now. Deep sea fishing. Yeah, we do little charters like half you ever day go charters. Deep sea fishing? I do. Yeah, well, I have once, but I really <laughs> loved it. I caught the biggest fish on the boat. What that's... kind of fish did you get? It was blue. You got a blue fish? <laughs> blue fish. <laughs> Maybe cod. Big blue? I don't remember. Could be rock cod. If it, was, was it out it? here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it was, could be rock cod. Yeah, for sure. I think that's what it was. It's always the rookie that gets the big fish. Yeah. And, which is also very fun. <laughs> it was fun. Did you eat him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Did you clean him yourself? No. no. Yeah, that's a little much. It's too much. Jason doesn't do that either. Me neither. <clears throat> You can pay the guy five bucks and he'll clean it all. For, he'll clean a whole sack of fish for you. Yeah. Well, and, he, and he's and he likes it. When we would go out, we used to live together for years, and when we would go out fishing, it was always kind of organized around <clears throat> leave early, like five six in the morning. But eating was always as much of the plan as well as the fishing. So we'd plan for like a fish fry that night. Yes. And there was more than one time that we just basically came back with no fish and would come oh. back from. An eight-hour journey, a two-hour drive at four in the morning to, like, Newport, and mm-hmm. then end up buying fish from a store on the way back because we had 15 people coming over <laughs> expecting to eat fish. Yeah. So That's awful. so sad. But, the, but there were also times where we did bring back to enough. To be young again and, and yeah. have that spirit, you know what I mean? But there were times we came back with fish, and it really was kind of incredible how delicious, even, this, even when it wasn't a lot, it was still enough to be so satisfying how mm-hmm. good it was. I killed it with yeah. my own two hands. Back to murder. Mm. Um, our first question is pop-up related. Speaking of what Andre was talking about, uh, Man- Manta Hands says, not exactly a food question, but I've been thinking a lot about pop-ups lately. What makes a pop-up successful exactly? What common components, regardless of the goal, education, creating community, or just a fun party are key to the overall success of a pop-up? For me, it's just making money, you know? Wow, the capitalist here on the end Making of the table. Making money and impressing my peers. Is what it's, that's a joke, okay? <laughs> I don't believe you. Um, but I, I think the sense of community part is cool. Very cool. I guess. But yeah. it's not something I've ever really thought that much about consciously. Maybe subconsciously uh, I am. I think... To, uh, one, do you want... You go for Community. it. Community. Community? That's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, truly. You had no friends that, before this. Okay, I had some friends. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted more friends. You wanted more. I yeah. always need more friends. <laughs> for me, I already have too many friends. Okay. So, <laughs> that was not a brag. <laughs> but I, I no think... No room for more. 
no room for more. Okay, maybe they're not like your friends. He's joking, but, but he's not joking. That's it's correct. Like you walk down the street and you know that it's your community. Yeah, I think I think I think I think it's a good like people. It's a good way for people who want to support you to like give them something to to buy or like something to participate in. Like people really like this podcast that we do, and they'll say like, "Hey, if you guys made some shirts or did a pop up or something, we would come to it and support it." Because there's no other way to really do that other than like subscribing on iTunes, you know, right. or being like, or telling a friend or something. So I think that, that part is fun and, and exciting. And then you feel like you're part of a little exclusive club of people who only know about this girl who sells bagels out of a bicycle. And then you f- can tell your friends and it's a cool thing. It's like a little cult. It's a little, oh, oh here we go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now to see, I'm to see we the, get it. To see now the big we get it. <laughs> I think, I mean, to me, my instinctual response is like having a perspective and having an opinion in what you're doing. So I think a lot of the pop-ups I go to, at least the good ones, they kind of really understand and are really kind of tied to whatever that idea is, right? So Haven't been to he mentioned... Yet. God damn it. My own included. Okay. That's true. Because we did it. To, we both did it together. It was our pop-ups, not his pop-ups. And yeah, they didn't go so well. They were kind of fun. They were kind of fun, though. Um, but I, I think knowing what you're doing, I think if you're sincere about it, you, that becomes kind of intrinsic. You get that. But if you are coming at it from a perspective of trying to have a gimmick, I think people right. can see through that. So. The question is, what is it? Is it community? Is it, you know, flashy this? It's like, but, well, what are you making and why are you making it? It's like, if you're Mm -hmm. making bagels and showing up in the morning in front of a coffee shop, it's very much like probably meeting people and community and sharing it. If you're doing a foie gras pop-up and it's not about filling a cooler with alcohol, it's about probably people that have less of a sense of, like, they want a party they probably want to talk about food or they're really, I mean, it, it's really comes down to what you want your, what you're doing and what you're making your pop-up to say about yourself. And I think that's where it would succeed. And if you're coming at it from what do people want first, I think that kind of goes counterintuitive to what the, you know, the soul and the essence of the idea of doing a pop-up, doing something small, Doing something kind of like yeah, in that personal. case, you should just write a business plan instead of yeah. sign a pop up. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's like figure out what you want or what you think represents yourself really well and what you want to share with the world, and then probably it'll come naturally the vibe and and the aesthetic and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, because yeah. you, you don't want to be thinking about food costs and analysis and profit margins right now, right? Or do you? What's your food cost looking at <laughs> to right scale. now? <laughs> to scale, maybe. <laughs> confidential we're sitting around 30 percent she's she's a steel trap she's yeah, good that's not coming We've out been down this road before yeah <laughs> fort knox the, Mon- the fort knox of montreal bagel food cost is sitting across from me at this table you have a spreadsheet no no that's cool Keep i'll get one i'll get one maybe I'll a get one maybe a handwritten scroll and pencil as opposed to a spreadsheet oh, yeah. i feel like could yeah. Yeah. Okay, see, she's got a scroll. <laughs> scroll. Okay, Justin Big says, I just converted my ice chest into a sous vide setup for long cooks. Any good low and slow ideas for your boy? For your boy. You, do you have any experience sous vide anything? 
No. No, didn't think so. <laughs> Do you know what sous vide is? No. <laughs> okay, it's like a it's a it's a water like a bath of water that's heated to a specific temperature, and the water is circulated so it'll cook something at a, to a specific temperature and time, potentially for a long time. Andre likes to sous vide. There's one meat. going in the kitchen right over there. I'll show you when we're done. Okay. So like he'll make a brisket, like a big old brisket. Where normally you'd have to cook it for a long time in the oven or like smoke it for many hours. And he'll sous vide it in this bag for like a couple days. And then that'll like begin the cooking process. Where you can, people will do it for all kinds of things. I mean, it's great for a short rib. Yep. Oxtail. Sure. All those, all those meats that you have to cook down for a long, long time. I mean, so... If he converted a cooler, it seems like he wants to do something impressive. He's got real you know, estate. Yeah, he's got like he did that because he wants to cook something big. So you can do a whole, whole beaver. Whole packer briskets are great. Um, you can do whole racks of ribs. Um, they need a lot less time. But if you're trying to do something and really kind of have fun with what are big cuts you can do, you could do kind of a whole like off the rib pork loin which you know they come in at about like nine ten pounds they're not what you buy from trader joe's Mm-mm. um they can come in really big sizes not i mean that's pork loin. to me i think pork loin is good it's not necessarily sous vide isn't just a mind-blowing way to cook it it's a really convenient and great way to get a really specific temperature internal temperature when you want it but um it's it's kind of a hard question because there's not that many things readily available. I mean, you could start playing around with doing like half animals, you know, like if you wanted to do like a half lamb. I mean, that would fit in a cooler if you really wanted to do something I impressive. You meant like half animal, half something else. Like a minotaur. Like a minotaur. Yeah, yeah, you could do a minotaur. I've never done a minotaur, so I can't really speak <laughs> from experience. <clears throat> what about a whole chicken? I mean, I do. Ever done that? I can do a whole chicken in a stock pot. So I'm trying to think like bigger for a cooler, but yeah. Whole turkey. The thing with whole poultry is that you usually want to spatchcock it because you want that surface area. You don't want necessarily an internal cavity because that's just going to be air that you can't vacuum seal, right? Mm. So if you do like a whole chicken or a whole turkey and you don't mm. flatten it, butterfly or spatchcock it, you're, it's not really going to work as well as if you flatten it out. All right, how's this information absorbing into your brain right now? It's good. This is uh, useful. Is it useful for you? Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. I don't see you taking notes, but I feel like it's sinking in. All right. At, Red, um, at Red Umbrella asks, maybe this one could be a, a question for you a little bit. I am a spice novice setting up my first rack. What are the most, what are some must-haves for the cabinet? Props to TJ and Andre. Y'all are better than the bee's knees. That's nice of you. Oh, that's sweet. Thanks. It's really sweet. So <laughs> I could use his compliments these days. <laughs> You could use some confidence these days. Compliments. And com- <laughs> sure, I'll take both. Whatever you got. Hard drugs as well. See, uh, he doesn't have social media like you and I oh, do. I don't. Well, you have it for the bags, okay, though. Whatever. So, so when you're on your Instagram and people are like, "I love you. Your bagels are so good. You're so cool." Then you, Andre doesn't get any of that. No. Okay, where no. you and I get that constantly. A flood, a flood of it, smacking us across the face. So must so. Spices for you. What are what? What's just like gotta be in there? I'm going salt. I'm going pepper. <laughs> God damn it. Um, red chili flake. 
I use all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Nutmeg. Know. I would nutmeg. S- nutmeg is a must. Wow. What are you doing with the nutmeg? <laughs> For our listeners at home, she just, just made sprinkled a sprinkled some. This is a like this a is a fairy po- dust. This is an audio podcast where you have to make sound, and you can't oh, just sorry. do a, a, a sprinkling uh, hand gesture. I've heard that if you add it to things, <laughs> <laughs> this checks out. I'm listening. So far, have, so far, so far. No, you, you have to secret add it. Secret add it. No one knows, but it adds something. Oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. That's why you need it. Secret. <laughs> but you. But what if you have a guest who's allergic to nutmeg? <laughs> it's okay. Any nut? Does a nut? Is nutmeg a nut? No. Well, my dad is really excited because he finally has been growing some in Hawaii at his house, and it's a pod. Mm-hmm. He's got. He sent. Did he send you some pictures of it? When he got his first little nutmeg and he was so excited. His pot picks? I saw a couple, yeah. <laughs> no, he sends that stuff. I know he sent one to me and yeah. I feel like he sent it to you too because he was so excited. When you have the nutmeg though, you, we, don't, we don't do the powdered nutmeg where you do a dash. You got to get the nut itself and then you got to... The little grinder. Gotta, the grinder, You got to yeah. grind it to order. Or a micro. Like the microplane makes a really cool little triangle box. That has a, a pocket size tiny nut shelf grinder. that slides out, and you just kind of scrape it on. I think I think that would be a wonderful gift for you for your birthday. If I met you last week, I would have got this for you. But it's like a little keychain. It's like this big. It's a little plastic box that you hold your little nut nut in there, <laughs> your nutmeg pod in there, and then you lift the lid off, flip it over, and then it's a baby scraper, and then you just scrape Aww. the nutmeg anywhere yeah, really on the cool. go. That's so cute. Yeah, it's cool. On your lattes, on your juista. I feel like, so I got a pretty decent so spice cupboard, but I feel like the sizes that I buy in bulk, uh, it's always um, like ancho chili powder, coriander, cumin, cumin. chili flake. Turmeric. I don't have big things of turmeric because oh. you use so little, I think. But turmeric, <laughs> yeah, turmeric's really important, especially medicinally, too, when I you're love cooking with stuff turmeric. like that. <laughs> I actually have big containers so of for you. anise pods because of you use so much and they're big and it's not that expensive, but so much goes into a lot of the stocks I make mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, chicken. and. Also, I always got to have my sumac in the pantry. Mm-hmm. You, do you a little mm-hmm. ever dabble with sumac? No. Not so much? That's a, that's a fucking shame. You should start doing it. Okay, I will. But yeah, get you a little bag of sumac. I, you could sprinkle that on just about anything and it tastes pretty good. Yeah, mm, I guess that's about it. I'm I'm not really like a garlic powder head, or mm-hmm. like anything like that. I think it's really. I mean, <laughs> all those dehydrated products are great for certain things, but I tend to not use them very often. It usually, I mean, it can be kind of like yeah, like the, dried thyme, dried rosemary, all that stuff. It's just dumb. Just it's weird. You just gotta use it fresh. It's weird. A lot of times, I mean, sometimes like. When I'm making meatloaf or meatballs or certain kinds of like meat dishes, sometimes you want you don't want fresh herbs, you want dried herbs. But yeah, I think only for the oregano is when I'll, I'm okay with the dried oregano. Oregano. Sure, I'll do dried thyme. I'll do dried oregano. You just really lit up at the thought of oregano, didn't you? I love oregano. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of a lot of medicinal <coughs> spices you're using here. Oregano, turmeric. <coughs> is that where you're going? That's where I'm going. Okay. Like all right, it. all right. Brandon Duell, what vegetables should absolutely be bought fresh and which ones are okay to get frozen? Great question. Spinach is very okay to get frozen. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I guess I'm thinking about I, what I like I a frozen, frozen corn. Frozen corn. Picked at the peak of ripeness. Frozen pea, frozen spinach are fine for, I think, some dishes. Pea, corn, spinach, and I think we're going to cut it there. Okra. I feel like that's okra. about it. Okra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frozen, frozen okra. okra? Sure. Yeah, why not? Where the hell do you buy frozen okra at? Lassens. <laughs> Lassens. God damn it. This checks out. You buy frozen okra from Lassens, you freak. <laughs> that, I didn't even know you could do that. What are you doing with that okra? Well, I feel know. like that's really... Does, does freezing the okra increase the slime factor or eliminate the slime factor? It's pretty even. It, same, it's, same. it's pretty much about the same level of slime. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Because okra is a, is a very seasonal boy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have a hankering for a winter okra. That's why it's always one of those pickled things. Yeah. Or canned things because it's so seasonal. Yeah, but other than that, got to be fresh. Yeah, that's a pretty clear distinction. And, I mean, it's like, it's funny, too, because anything we mentioned, if you really, if you really care about the peas or the corn, you should just be buying it fresh anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, this is never necessarily your first option should be frozen. I think with the exception of spinach, sometimes you really do want frozen spinach because of the texture, because of basically you don't need to... That's wild. Well, you don't need to cook it to get as much moisture out once you thought, right? Because it's such a thin, leafy green that when you, like, when it gets frozen, the ice crystals puncture the cellular walls, and then when it comes out, it's already, like, it's ready to be squeezed with all the moisture taking out from when you're cooking, right? Without having it already being cooked. I'm ready to be squeezed. So, sometimes... Frozen spinach might be your best case. Interesting. And get it at Lassen's for sure. And nice organic one. There you go. I have a couple macaroni and cheese related questions. Do you like macaroni and cheese? No. Oh. What the fuck? That might be a first. What do you mean you don't like macaroni and cheese? It's weird. Is it that you don't like it at all or is it that you're just whatever about it? You're like I won't eat did, it. I won't eat it. Won't eat it. Okay, strong. There you go. That's what I was looking for. So not eating it as opposed what? to like, sure. Won't eat macaroni and cheese. That is a first. That is a first. But Other you, pastas you like? You, oh, yeah, I love you pasta. You do like a nice pasta, It's the though. cheese. It's weird. Huh. Melted. Damn. Whoa. You're not a... No, 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 no. That can't slide. <laughs> Melted cheese. Weird. Not ever... You don't, you're not a, a sentence you're not a I've gooey, ever heard in my life. You're not a gooey person. <laughs> no. What's, uh, <laughs> what are some of your favorite pastas, then? Out of curiosity. Okay. Just I feel like you're having spaghetti with salt. <laughs> <laughs> plain, plain spaghetti with salt. Okay, I'll have parmesan. Okay. Salt, salt, pepper. Mm-hmm. Okay. Salt, pepper, and water. A little ketchup, pepe. And a little parm. Yeah. Sure. Fair. Lasagna? Are you munching a lasagna? No. Wow. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this really should be a video <laughs> podcast because the look on her face when you mentioned lasagna was like sheer terror. <laughs> And it's lasagna. Yeah, like, you look the, like, these are foods that are so ubiquitously the face loved. Gave me, uh, or at least was it as if I asked you, like, would you would you kill your parents for me, please? Yeah. You're like, oh dear God, no, a lasagna. I'm sorry. Don't no, apologize. No apology. This is, this is what makes you a unique person in the world. You know what I mean? For sure. But I just, I, just not the. <laughs> 
any of these answers are wrong. I've just never heard a response to any of these foods. No, people are people are entertained by the fact that you're such a a damn freak. <laughs> I was okay. going to say rebel. Cynthia Sanchez like at Lomain. Will mac and cheese ever be good for me? No. <laughs> I'm going to say probably no. I'm going to go with absolutely not. And then... Unless you're a runner. Chichen Bong says, best ingredient to add to mac and cheese to make it a gourmet experience. You know... I don't like that. I don't, I don't know if I like a... Sometimes at the Whole Foods smoked bar, they'll make macaroni and cheese and they'll just put in little chunks of pulled pork and brisket in there and mix it all together. It's you like not, that? It's not necessarily gourmet, but it does make it nice. But I mean, like the truffle mac and cheese, it's a little whatevs. I think maybe just getting, keeping it regular mac and cheese, but having the cheese be like real high level daddy expensive cheese, you know? But I mean, I don't make mac and cheese. It's not one of my favorite foods either, but I definitely yeah, find to eat it. Yeah, fatties. But I mean, I was going to say the exact same thing you said is that it's basically what kind of cheese you're making. Are you starting by making a bechamel? If it was me, don't use cheddar. Um, I mean, uh-huh. using things like fontina. I, love cheddar. You I don't, don't love cheddar. I don't. I mean, the mac and cheeses that I've had in my life that I really like are not necessarily traditional cheese, like the normal kind of orange cheddar barbecue style mac and cheese. I mean, and I, I mean, you want to think that. Yeah, definitely truffle oil is kind of passe. Or, but some of the best mac and cheese I've ever had was at Blair's, which is the truffle mac and cheese at Blair's. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I would actually just order myself for dinner. Maybe one of the only oil? places. Not for you? Sometimes. Sometimes. I think you have to, it has to be used very sparingly. Yeah. Just not, like not even a drop, half a drop. Yeah. Like the littlest of <laughs> truffle oil because any more and it's just overpowering. Sure. <clears throat> so yeah, just get really expensive cheese. Also, it doesn't have to be elbow pasta or rigatoni. I mean, you can do something, mm. you can do a little more, something in a little more fun department as far as what type of pasta you're using. Name a more fun pasta shape than an elbow. It's so fun. Bucatini. Bucatini. But that's too long for a mac and cheese. Not when you're cutting it. Like a casserole? I like the texture of it way more. So I'd rather do it whole and bake it and then slice it and then eat it like that. So you bake it off into a solid brick, cut it up, cut the key up into eight balls, and then you reheat like that. Get me the scale. I'm about to make a plate. Bing, bang. You know what it is. Are you torching the top? No. Are we breadcrumbing? Breadcrumbing for sure. Love and Grandma's breadcrumb on top for sure. Breadcrumb, I I love breadcrumb and mac and cheese. I love breadcrumbs, just period. I didn't say it like that at all. <laughs> for the listeners at home who just listened to that. All right, Brendan Amion, love the show, recommended by Benjamin Edgar and Zach. Thanks, guys. I'm moving to Wales. Would I answer this question about a guy who's moving to Wales, the land of lamb? I don't think so. I'm excited for the prices of lamb (laughs) Um, but he doesn't cook lamb very often he needs some hot lamb recipes or cooking techniques that will make our heart sing thanks guys Um, does lamb make your heart sing Ari lamb chops (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes yeah I feel like when I'm talking to you, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of like interviewing Bjork in a little, in like a little <laughs> way. You know what I mean? Does that make you Charles Barkley? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. 
It's like, what are your thoughts on this? And you're like, lamb chops. <laughs> I like that. Love a lamb chop. I think, um, I think for like a fun thinking outside the box, I like get, get like a lamb shoulder, something like that. Slow roast that. Does, does, do lamb shoulders exist? Mm-hmm. Sure. Slow roast it up, bunch of garlic and stuff in there. Chill it. They slice it on the meat slicer. Dip it in the lamb jus. Get you a nice mm. hot lamb sandwich. Oh, now you're back on board. <laughs> yeah. Mama's hungry. <laughs> so lamb shoulders are smaller than on other animals. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a lot of like what that would be would be like a deboned lamb leg tied, then mm. roasted. Okay. And then so it kind of pulls together and then you can slice like that. Just but, a big quadrant of lamb. However sure. you got to do it. Yeah. I don't want to know how you do it, but just make a big chunk of it. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a million things out there. If you want, like, the, to me, the real basics of lamb are um, citrus, aromatics, like um, mint is the first thing that comes to mind. What sure. you're usually dealing with with lamb is, or what turns a lot of people off, is the gaminess. So if you can find grain-fed lamb as opposed to grass-fed lamb, that's going to cut that down a little bit. Um, if you're getting it, I don't, know, I don't know if I've ever had lamb in Wales, but definitely... Lamb from Australia, New Zealand is traditionally a lot more gamier and grassy. But grilling helps a lot to cut down some of that. And then also any kind of aromatic herb paste, citrus. If you can marinate it in lemon juice and with some aromatics, that'll definitely help it cook. I mean, Greeks do an incredible job with lamb. And usually a lot of that is fresh oregano, thyme, citrus, salt and pepper. You marinate it in yogurt, which is really great. Better with lamb than their money, am I right? Also, when I see the lamb, it makes me want to get the, like, where you do the rosemary brush, yeah. like the bushel of, of herbs, and you dip it into, like, olive oil in slow motion, and you paint the lamb as it's grilling. Did that come from the Have photo of me before? at meat camp? Yeah, something like that. that what, I remember yeah. that was the first time you, you got real excited about tie a bundle of rosemary sprigs with sage <laughs> yeah. and fresh oregano, and you dip it in your Meyer lemon blood orange cold-pressed olive oil, drizzle yeah. glaze, and paint it on. If you want a Big Daddy recipe, buy an Argentinian sword. Do a whole leg Done. of lamb on a sword over an open fire that you're turning every 20 minutes and basting with you gotta get a, sword. a rosemary. It wasn't rosemary. What was it? It was a branch. What branch was it that we were using? I forget. Mm. But, yeah. It was rustic, though. Very. Okay. Virtual Rainfall asks, if you had to eat a different sandwich every day of the week for one whole week, what kind of sammies are we putting down? I feel like we should do a little round robin here. Me and Jay. We got seven sandwiches. Turkey. To rule them all. Turkey is my favorite (laughs) sandwich as well. Turkey avo is your favorite sandwich. What are you putting Um, on that turkey? What else is going on the turkey, though? What's our cheat? Just plain turkey? You can't say salmon, (laughs) Rob. Come you on. can't say salmon roast. You keep bjorking us hard. <laughs> um, I never thought about any other ingredients on a turkey th- sandwich. Yeah. Are, you doing a, are you doing a cheese with a turkey? No. Stance on mayo. It's weird. God damn it. I, could see, I saw that coming. Uh, you mustard, don't like a nice mustard. provolone? Mustard. Sometimes. Okay. I'm really not that picky. It just Just a nice, good old-fashioned like turkey sandwich. Yeah, like... Uh, Thanksgiving leftover style. Okay, so that's, really my, that's my Just, favorite kind of th- so turkey not, sandwich. So we're not talking a lunch meat flap turkey. We're talking big <laughs> breast chunks. Yes. 
My favorite. But you don't too. like you don't like like a, a lunch meat though. No. Not any like a mortadelle, an Italian salami. Uh, okay. Okay. Salami. So so like the salami. cured meat tubes. That's okay. Those yeah. are good. Those are good. But like the lunch yeah. meat things, not cool with. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm with you on that. Okay. That's me too. Are we doing a lettuce? Yeah. Is it shredded or is it a leafy romaine? Or maybe it's a butter torn lettuce. with my hands. Hand torn. Nice. Leafy. Raw Hand onion? Torn and leafy. <laughs> Little baby heart gem lettuce. Little baby yeah. heart gem lettuce. That's a good look. Okay. Uh, is there a tomato happening? Just a little bit. Just a little. Are you doing a thin slice or a thick slice? Thin. I like a thin as well. Pickles? Avocados, yes. Pickles. Oh, yeah. Pickles. Uh-oh. Nice. Avocado sometimes. Okay. If you're in the mood, are you a Dijon gal or are you a uh, regular yellow? Dijon. Dijon. Yes. Okay. I Fair. think I think that's probably my number one go-to sandwich for sure. But you said peanut butter and jelly. PB&J. Wax paper. Our our friends over there, wax paper. They were just they just had some some press written up about their peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Where it's like a peanut Which butter is a jelly. new item. And they, they take the peanut butter, they like have their like really nice peanut butter, and then they put actual like crunch roasted peanuts on top, and then they have strawberry jam, and then they put fresh slices of strawberries on top of it as well. So you get like the full experience. And I really am dying to try it. Sounds good. We'll do it this week. We'll do it this week. I feel like when I have a PB&J, though, I need to have a glass of milk with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, you agree with that? Yeah. Does it, is it? Me too. Does it, is it okay if it's an alternative milk, or does it need to be a cow milk? Cow. It needs to be a cow? Saint-Benoit. Pardon? Saint-Benoit milk. Milk. I don't know this milk. Oh, it's my favorite. What did you say? Jersey cows. Saint-Benoit? Yeah. Oh, like the yogurt. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the yogurt. It comes in the really nice glass <laughs> jars. Absolutely. Yeah. Real expensive. Cream top? Milk. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I'm okay with the nut milk. If I can. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a big fan milk. of oat milk right now. Everyone is. Oh. I'm sorry. Just when I thought I was a unique person. <laughs> hey, but I'm making it myself, okay? Oh. I'm not buying that shit. So, yeah, I would say PB&J or a good kind of Italian combo. My two favorite sandwiches, for okay, sure. Okay, okay, okay. We have a few more sandwiches to fill in, though. Are we... I kind of... I was just talking... So we have turkey, avo, PB&J, Italian combo. Mm-hmm. Roast beef. Roast beef. Okay. Oh, you really are a Michiganer, aren't you? Now, no. I want a fucking roast beef, dude. Oh, that's <laughs> not what I they take sound it back. like. I take it back. How does the... <laughs> what about a... I feel like you're not going to be down with an egg salad or a tuna salad. Maybe. We got to go BLT. What about Ooh. sardine sandwich? Is that weird? Sardine weird? sandwich. What else is going on there? Mm, Just nothing. plain sardines and bread. Olive real oil. Ni- yeah, real nice. You're such a damn weirdo. <laughs> Olive oil pack, Italian or Spanish sardines. Is that what we're talking about? Bravo. Yeah. Fair. Bravo. Country bread? Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe a picnic? Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Sure. Nature? Ooh. I can see it. I hear those seagulls clucking right now. Um, I was trying. I had a sandwich too that I really. I mean, chicken. If I have to do a salad sandwich, it's a chicken salad. Personally, also, I'm going BLT. No, but BLT for sure. What about a club sandwich? Are you a middle bread? Do you like a double stack? No. No, didn't think so. 
That's, which is fine. That's fine. I don't like the double stack in like the Mario's. We both get it without middle bread. Mm. But I do like a double stack in the club just because it just seems like it's just not a club sandwich double without it. Double stack in the club. Yeah. For all my ravers out there, you'll get that joke. For sure. Double stack is when the ecstasy tablet is twice as powerful. There you go. You ever done ecstasy? I'm guessing no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, neither have I. Speaking of sardines, D. Posner, back to, he wants to go back to tinned fish. We were talking about that a, a couple weeks ago. We can do tin fish. I don't know that much what about What do you it, think would change the public's perception of fish in a can? Is it the fishiness, the, the fishiness of the oil, the assumption that you need a weapon like a can opener to open it, the price point, or, of it, or it forever being known as an inferior food compared to the, the normal fresh version of it? Like what, what is, what's it going to take for most people to be down with there's a lot of like there's a lot of very ethnocentric assumptions in that question that somehow we just assume that tin fish that everyone around the world assumes that tin fish is inferior to any kind of fresh fish which is just not the case it's not depending but, on where you're from yeah but i mean like there are delicacies there are canned fish delicacies that are revered around the world specifically true. That you know don't really kind of come towards an American palate or readily available outside of very specific metropolitan areas in mm-hmm. very fine food stores, and I think it's more so a, a question about cultural acceptance as opposed to what it would take f- in, from an ingredient or manufacturing standpoint as to how it would be appreciated more. Mm. Cultural. But I mean, when you when you get a fresh fish compared to a fish, I mean, I, I think from my perspective, like just getting a canned fish, even just tuna or anything, like just knowing that this fresh fish was cooked and put in this thing like maybe a year ago, maybe two years ago, and it's still good to eat is just kind of an odd, odd thing to experience, like a and like an animal that was killed like a long time ago i'm but, eating it but right look, now i mean the question is about proteins i mean what happens to them during certain processes right so you don't eat fresh prosciutto you don't eat fresh different kinds of meats there's mm-hmm. def- specific applications and styles mm-hmm. of making so it's not necessarily about fresh or canned mm-hmm. it's about style preparation taste and what happens to it because a, a prosciutto a slice of prosciutto tastes so much better it's much more superior to than just a slice of that same piece of cooked pork yes. with salt on it. Ap- so, I mean, by a billion. So we need to start looking at tinned fish like we like we look at our cured meats, perhaps. Absolutely, because the because the but the cured meat it has a little funky smell to it in a nice way. And opening a can full of sardines, it's nice. <laughs> It's nice, isn't it? It is. Yeah, maybe a cat will circle by your window. The lo- I want all the local neighborhood cats to come by your, by your kitchen window when you open that can of sardines. Heathcliff comes and smiles at you. Sure. It's that kind of vibe. Um, okay. Sean has a few questions. Hit me, Sean. Best rice cooker for a low price. I think they're all kind of a cheap... Cheap. You have there, a rice cooker? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. I bet you do. 
I love my rice cooker. So I've got like the $25 aroma rice cooker off Amazon. That's probably the first thing that comes up when you search rice cooker it's only on 25. Amazon. Yeah, it's $25, $30, and it's eight cup. It's great. That's, all, that's the one. And then the only thing that you're really looking for after that that makes it jump in price, and I don't know the technology or how it works, but a lot of Japanese and Asian-style rice makers, um, there's a feature called Fuzzy Logic, Zosho Rishi, those ones have them, the little elephant guy, mm-hmm. the little elephant logo, it's very that, cute. Yeah, yeah, I like the elephant logo. Yeah. But I think there's a that feature or that kind of technology has to do with how perfectly it it reads how the rice is cooking, but I've really never had a big problem cooking rice in my $25 aroma rice cooker. Mm-hmm. But I think for the money and for something that I've used and bought for other people and had for years and really worked really well, I mean, 25 bucks aroma, Yeah, that's the, that's the one. Um, next question. All the restaurants in L.A. are burning to the ground. What three do you save? Kispaka. Kispaka. What about you? Let me think about this. Okay. okay. Think about it. Oh. Um, I can't. St- Parks. Parks Korean Barbecue. Or maybe Western Doma Noodle. Parks or Western Doma. Mm-hmm. I'm, I want to save the Gelson's on Hyperion. Yeah. <laughs> I need that to stay alive with me. Um, uh, ooh. Maybe... I mean, I just like, I, I, we just say it too much, but I really like Alimento. We got to save Langer's. It's an institution. No, okay, never, I take that. Oh my God. 100%. I'm, also, that should have been the first answer is Langer's. Also, Jordan, of course. who was on the pod a few weeks ago, he's, he's, he's helping the fight to apparently Nate and Niles is in danger of closing down. Andre, not a. It's no Langer's. It's no Langer's. I've been, it's, it is an institution for the Westsiders. Al Pacino. What about so you? You got anything other than intel? I mean, intelligentsia. We kind of need that to stay around. Or you have oh, no definitely. place to sell your damn bagels. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what What makes you? What gives you a really big smile when you eat at? Like, what would you be really Taco sad? Zone? Like that? Like just like puts you in a good mood when you're there. Sushi. So Thanks. sushi. So you're sa- you're saving again. Mm-hmm. Sushi Gun stays. That's are, a you good doing, one. are you doing the lunch sashimi or are you going there for a dinner omakase? Doing a little dinner. Bit? Dinner. <laughs> wow, everybody. I dinner. feel like people like the people really revere the chirashi bowl at lunch. What are you spending over there for a sushi gen din? Too much. Yeah, Too much. That's yeah. the right answer. But it's so worth it, isn't it? It makes me happy. Right? Do you go solo? No. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I haven't, but I would. I'll do a solo sushi dinner. I love a, a solo sitting at the sushi bar dinner. Yeah. Just you, no, nothing, nothing to focus on except for Instagram and that fish going down your mouth, you know? <laughs> um, so those are our three restaurants. We've named seven. His final question, quick morning meal for you and Bay. Bay sleeps over. That's your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Mm. Or wife or husband. I think... Coffee or tea, yogurt, granola, nice fresh fruit. Mm. I, I like it maybe, when... Maybe Bob and Graham's toast. That's mm-hmm. kind of where it ends. For, for breakfast with Bay, are you doing... Are you, are you doing like, here's the meal, we're going to sit down and eat it? Or it's kind of like you put the platters out, 
you read the newspaper, you kind of gingerly nibble and pick at it over an hour. That's the vibe more? The latter, for mm-hmm. sure. I think I like that. Dinner's for staring into eyes. Breakfast is for reading the paper and talking about topics. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Love topics. Yeah, I think, and I think for that breakfast, it's a good time to do like a little bit of a fridge clean thing. Mm-hmm. Just get a big plate and like, I had a little leftover smoked salmon or like some, some cilantro. Just rip off a chunk of that, put it on the plate. Little little labne, a little yeah, couple yeah. of pieces of bread that you toasted, cut up a couple apples, and you just, you know, an avocado or something like that. And then you're suddenly like, oh, there's a whole little smorgasbord, a little butter, a little Vegemite. Yeah, that's a really good, I didn't even think about that, but that's, if you're talking about like a little weekend breakfast, that's such a good point that you can do a fridge I'm clear. About a little weekend breakfast. Like a baked egg dish or frittata or like a little, little mm. thing. You're just like, whatever protein you got veg. laying around yeah. from the night before. That's nice. I like that. Yeah, that's the move. What about you? Bagel. You're cooking eggs. breakfast for bay. Oh, bagels. Egg time. Yeah. No, eggs. How do you like, what's your favorite? <laughs> you a scrambler? You a fryer? Egg, egg style. Fryer. Not a scrambler. Over easy? Yeah. Runny, runny, runny yeah, yolk? Definitely. Yeah. Toast? Mm-hmm. Are you cooking that in butter or olive oil? Butter. Mm-hmm. Nice. Some nice Jersey cow butter. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. That's what we say, Sean. Okay, we're gonna do um, we're gonna do one more question. This one's a little bit of an etiquette question uh, from our favorite listener, Mr. Cucumber. Cucumber in the building. There's a character who's just a cucumber who asks us questions in the form of a cucumber talking to us. I'm a huge fan. From one vegetable <laughs> to a tall man. <laughs> when a coworker or friend of a friend mildly or mildly pleasant acquaintance offers you to try some strange food, which is clearly trash, what is the best way to handle that? Do you A, just say no, or do you B, eat it and pretend that it's enjoyable? Or do you have any tips on how to work around that? You try as little as possible. You have some kind of liquid handy to wash that down with. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you just appreciate the gesture. Have you ever done the sleight of hand move where you pretend like you're putting the thing in your mouth, but it goes behind your shoulder into a plant? Because I have done that before a lot. I've never done that, but I've definitely looked at something on my plate thinking that it was pro- I should probably eat it or try it mm-hmm. and just like mentally prepared to gulp as quickly as possible and drink something afterwards. Mm. Another move I like to do is while I'm eating it, I will knock something off the table, maybe, and then I will act like I'm biting it as I'm squatting down to pick up the thing that I dropped. What are you, a fucking street musician? <laughs> what are you doing here? I don't want to eat this bad shit. Are you a pickpocket from the 19th century? I've stolen before, and I'll do it again, yeah. Mm. Those are just some good moves, and then you're under the table. Are you texting someone to be your bump man on this one? <laughs> I'm, you're under the table, you're going, mm, and then... Maybe you, you're smearing the food to the underside of the table. I can't eat with you anymore. Uh, or if I need to pay a lot more attention next time we go out to eat together. Your food, your food is good, Andre. I don't, uh, your food, I don't, have to, I don't have to pretend that I'm eating. Thanks, babe. But yeah, you can't, you, yeah, you can't just be like, not going to eat that. Actually, I have said that before. <laughs> I think if you're brutally honest, sure. it kind of works. If you're just yeah. like... Sorry, man, I just really don't want to eat that right now. I just don't like... I mean, I look, don't like, uh, there's ways to have time. that discussion and then quickly also get out of the discussion as well. You start to talk about, like, 
oh, where'd you first eat this? Or what is your favorite part about this? Or if it's something they made, like, oh, how'd you make this? Is this your mom's recipe? And then you quickly dovetail into your own mom's recipe and change the subject mm. and then, like, get out of there. What about lying about a food allergy? Have you ever done that? I mean, that's just the web. No, but I would. I feel like you would. You could step into that web again. <laughs> I feel like you're... Are you allergic to anything? No. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Neither am I. Strong like bull. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's what we say. And now is the part on the show where we talk about the best thing that we ate all week. I mean, Andre and I, we went to Lowry's Steakhouse last night for our friend's birthday. And they have they they have this martini that they take a piece of prime rib and stuff it inside the olive and then put that in the martini. It doesn't taste very. That's good not at the all. best thing we ate this week. That was not the best thing I ate. But I mean, best thing I ate this week was from Lowry's last night and was the fresh horseradish. The fresh, yeah, just fresh uncut horseradish, which I've had before. Mm-hmm. And. Last night's was like stronger and better and wilder and it was turbo turbo. Yeah, and it was not. I mean, it was absolutely just purely raw grated horseradish. It wasn't mixed with anything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've I've done that myself, and it wasn't as good. So I don't know what their plug is or their source for their horseradish, but it was. I'm sure Lowry's has the best. It was horseradish so guy in good. The country. It was better than the prime rib, and the I prime mean, rib was good. It's hard like to really rib. nail down the best thing because it's all just one. It's an exp- well, we talked about it last night. It's a, that is one of those full package experiences. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's ten percent of me about Mario's is that if Mario's was like say it's the exact same sandwich, but it's a chain that looks like a subway, but it mm-hmm. tastes the exact same, it's not going to taste as good. Mm-hmm. But if Mario's sushi, a great sandwich. Sushi Gen looked like sugarfish. It would not be as good. No. no. So, do you hate sugarfish too? I hate it. I hate it. I don't hate oh, it. Yeah. I like sugarfish. Yeah. I don't go, but I've eaten there twice and I thought it was fine. Mm. Jason hates it. Ari knows what's up. It's gross. Hell yeah. It's weird. <laughs> it's gross and it's weird. But do you like Kazunori? Uh, mm. Oh, I love Kazunori. Kazunori is good. I've only been once. Kazunori is much better than Sugarfish. Yeah, that's true. Do it again. Give it a shot. Okay. I had a fun conversation speaking of last night. Also, the cream corn. Delish. Did I want, did I am now internalizing our friend Sue told me we were just talking about stuff and she was like, no matter what, I mean, granted, certain things aside, but she tries everything twice. I think that's tight. Everything. Well, anything she doesn't like, food related, try to get yeah, like food, in life. life, activity, whatever. She'll do it twice, wow. which I think is super cool. That's amazing. Cause, and she had an example, and I forget what the food was, but she was like, I tried it once. It was a restaurant. It was something they were famous for. She tried it once. She didn't like it. She, that was terrible. Oh, it was a Korean dish, and I forget exactly what because she was using the proper names, and I don't speak mm-hmm. Korean as well. Cold, the cold noodles, but not the like, corner place style cold noodles. Oh, okay. She tried it once. Everybody said it was incredibly good. She didn't like it. And then she tried it a second time, and she now it's one of her favorite things. The yeah. namyang. Namyang, but it was like she had a longer name mm-hmm. for it, and it was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But so in, in that vein of mentioning, I'm not going to try things twice. That's a good way to live. I like it. Everything. Everything. I mean, would you do that with movies, though? Eww. Yeah? You're saying Yeah. That that hits real close to home. I think movies is the I, one thing I, where I, I don't know if I would give it a number two shot. I, 
I, my answer to that is yes, because it's the new me 24 hours later. Mm. But I probably won't go to a theater twice to see something. Your growth over the last mm. 24 hours is it's incredible, astounding. But I might, wa- I might watch a movie again at home to give it a second chance now. Be less dismissive. Yeah. Sure. I've been to Sugarfish twice. Never again. <laughs> well, that's fair. You did it twice. I did it twice. <laughs> all right. What about you? What was the best thing that you ate all week, my friend? The best thing I ate all week was some broccoli rob. Nice. How is it prepared? Did you make it yourself or is it from a restaurante? It's from my kitchen. Okay. Oh, nice. I just steamed it and then olive oil, salt, pepper. Mm-hmm. I really like that kind of style of steaming a veg and then just bathing it in olive oil and salt and pepper. Just swimming in it, you know? It kind of soaks it up. It's so good. Yeah, especially when it's done steaming and you're kind of putting that on while it's cooling. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's tough because that broccoli rabe is so good when it's grilled and gets those, mm. those little end bits get kind of crunchy. That's, That's really my nice favorite too. too. Okay, okay. But I just love broccoli rabe. Me too. You're rob, Some people think it's lover. too bitter. It's so good. I love bitter vegetables. Yeah. Well, yeah, you just made a, a salad of that. Bitter vegetable, what was it called? Puntarela. Puntarela. That's my new favorite thing. It's great. Oh. I think you were at the farmer's market Sunday. Um, I was, it but... It just showed up. Yeah, yeah. It should be there for another six weeks. Puntarela just it's so good. Did you soak it in ice water? I didn't. I read about that after. That, that will... I... That, I mean, that's like for a lot of bitter vegetables that that will help pull out some of the bitterness. But if, it's, if that's a characteristic that you really like, then right. don't do that. How do you make it? Or how did you make it? I just did it raw. So I soaked it in ice water for about 45 minutes and then okay. sliced it kind of coarsely. So I didn't... Some people will do it mandolin thin, like when you're doing um, a Brussels sprout salad or something, like really shaved thin. Yeah, yeah. And I just did um, just a dice, a slice, mm-hmm. lengthwise along the pods, and then kind of like an anchovy dressing. Okay. Mm, it was good. Like a Caesar. It, it was, was a bright, a bright veg dish. That paired well with some fatty meats. Yeah, I grilled some lamb. That went. That was with lamb necks mm-hmm. and then like a uh, anchovy dressing. Mm-hmm. Punterel. Bowman mm-hmm. Bear crouton. Yeah. Shout out mm. to Andy. Thanks for the bread, buddy. All right, my friends. Thank you for doing this. What was your favorite? The total package at Lowry's. Total package at Lowry's, but maybe on Fair the low, answer. cream corn. Cream corn was my favorite side by a lot. Damn, that was a but also just the the sourdough bread, whipped butter, and then a little sprinkling of Lowry's seasoning salt. I was on wondering top. if anybody else was doing that. I didn't see you do it. I was doing it the whole night, including the seasoned pepper and the seasoned salt. Much Ooh. better. <laughs> How do you sleep at night? But no, I think by far. So the the prime rib comes standard. Like you get the prime rib, and then it just comes with some Yorkshire pudding and some mashed potatoes. I would have traded everything. Just for some of the cream corn, because mm. that was much better than anything else they had Trade there. Trade it all for cream corn. Baby. And I liked every side, but the cream corn by far. Maybe we should start making a little cream corn. Artisanally. Sure. Okay. Summer's, uh, summer's nigh. Get that sweet corn pretty soon. Boy, you damn right. You could follow me on social media at Them Jeans, and you're at Courage Bagels. Courage Bagels. On Instagram. Yes. And if you live in L.A. or if you're visiting L.A., go follow you. Come you, to my bike. Come to my bike. And then you'll, you'll, you post when and where you're going to be every week. Yes. And then people can come grab a schmear. Is it, every, is it every Saturday or every Sunday, or does the schedule change accordingly? It 
changes sometimes, but okay. usually Saturday. Usually every Saturday. Yeah. Great. Silver Sick. Light. Well, thank you for doing this. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry if I was awkward. No, you were great. And shout out to Wizard, your cute dog. Oh, yeah, Wizzy. With the magic paw. Wizzy. Shout out to Wizzy. Okay, you can go to thestewpodcast.com for all the other episodes. And uh, do like us and subscribe on iTunes if you haven't. And tell a friend if they might yeah. like food or bagels. Do a five-star review because we haven't had one in over a year. <clears throat> Is that true? <laughs> I think so. Jesus Somebody Christ. was telling me that. They're like, your last review was a year ago. And I was like, eh. No way, really? And we only have like 26 reviews over the last three or four years. Come on, you guys. Blast us with Please. those reviews. Please. Be- why? Because why not? Why not? <laughs> Okay, bye. Bye.